the gospel is Christ in me, Christ in me. You all know last Sunday we started a new series talking about Grace Covenant. What amazing message it was. Grace Covenant, understanding the grace of God. Let's dive deeper into the word and understand more about the Grace Covenant. We saw in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse number 17. It says, when you receive, those who receive abundance of grace shall reign in life. The scripture is, those who receive abundance of grace and gift of righteousness shall reign in life. That means it is possible for someone to receive less grace. Because it says, those who receive, that means there are those who receive abundance and there are those who receive less. Those who receive abundance shall reign in life. So we began on the journey and the pursuit how to receive abundance of grace. Grace is available, it's lavished over us by the Father, our Daddy God. Now it's up to us that we receive in our soul. It is there in our spirit. We have Jesus, we have abundance of grace in our spirit. But in our soul, we have to receive abundance of grace. Now how do we do that? We saw three ways. I'm giving you recap, those of you who missed last Sunday, so you understand this Sunday's message. So how do we receive abundance of grace? Three ways. So it says in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse number 2. It says, grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of God and his son Jesus Christ. Grace is multiplied. How grace is multiplied in you? Through the knowledge. That means you can receive abundance of grace in your soul through the knowledge of God. I told you the word knowledge in 2 Peter 1-2 in your English Bible it's written as knowledge but in Greek New Testament was written in Greek. In Greek it is called as epignosis. Epignosis which means precise and correct knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. So when you have correct knowledge of God, grace is multiplied in your soul. So when it's multiplied, you receive more. When you receive more, you are in a position to reign in life. So second way, how you receive 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse number 9. It says, His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in your weakness. In your weakness, his grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. That means it's more than enough. It says in another version. His grace is more than enough. When it is more than enough, when you rely on him, when you depend on him, when you trust in him, when you're not trusting in your self-works, but you're trusting in his work, at that time, his grace is sufficient. The third way we see how grace is multiplied and how grace is sufficient, that is seen in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God is able to abound all grace. God has already given. Then why it says God is able to abound all grace towards you? When you read the context of verse 7 and verse number 8, it says that when you give to God, when you trust God in your tithing, in your sowing, in your offering, anything you give in the name of the Lord, the Bible says when you give to God, He's able to abound all grace. That means you are in a position to receive from God all grace so that you have all sufficiency in all things at all times having 
everything for good work. That's what it says. So in all these three scriptures, we come to conclusion, this is the way we receive abundance of grace. I told you, it is the knowledge of God. The first thing is the knowledge of God. The more knowledge of God, the more epignosis, the more grace you are in a position to receive and reign over life. Now, let's study that one by one in detail. Today, I'll be able to cover only 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Because God's word is inexhaustible. It is so much, right? My dear friend, it is lots. And when you study more, deeper, understand more, when you get the revelation of it, you are able to reign in life. See, when you see 2 Peter 1, 2, grace is multiplied in the knowledge. What is knowledge? I told you knowledge in Greek is epignosis. Epignosis comes from Greek word. Wherever epignosis is written, there knowledge is mentioned. So where knowledge is mentioned, those places alone, those scriptures I have taken to explain it to you this morning. So precise and correct knowledge. Precise and correct knowledge. That means it is possible for someone to have incorrect knowledge. Someone to have little knowledge. Someone to have half truth. Half truth is not full truth. So God says you must have precise and correct knowledge. This prayer was made by the Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. Apostle Paul is praying for Jewish people when he wrote a letter to Romans that they must receive correct knowledge of God. You can show them Romans chapter 10. In the book of Romans chapter 10, it is a letter written to the Jewish people by Paul. So Paul is writing this letter. The, Roman, the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 1 begins with, I have earning, I have longing, I am desiring that the Jewish people be saved. He's longing for his people to be saved. And verse 2, pay attention to that. It says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to the knowledge. In NIV version, more beautifully elaborated, you can see that. It says in NIV, for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. But their zeal is not based on knowledge. That means the Jewish people that Paul is talking about, they are zealous for God. You all know how zealous they were. Thank God they preserved the oracles of God. Today we have Old Testament because Jewish people preserved the Old Testament for us. They trusted and you know how much in sanctity they treated God's word. Whenever the Jewish Hebrews would translate the scrolls, at that time there was no printing press, there's no technology like today. So when they would translate, they would wash their hands, they would have a ceremony to sit and translate the scriptures. And every time the word capital L-O-R-D, Y-H-W-H is mentioned, they are so afraid that it is the name of the Lord and they should not misuse the name of the Lord. They would go wash their hands and come again write that word and then go wash their hands again come and write. In such sanctity, in purity, they honored God and they translated and they kept preserving the word of God. It was kept in Hebrew, then uh, later it got translated. They kept uh, uh, preserving it. They kept securing it. They kept safeguarding it. They had some knowledge of God. 
but not full knowledge of God. Why I say that? They rejected Messiah because they didn't have correct knowledge of God. This was written 2,000 years ago. What a sad truth. Even now, so many of us don't have precise and correct knowledge of God. We have some knowledge of God, but not complete knowledge of God. We don't have precise knowledge of Jesus Christ. They know God, but they don't know Jesus. Will that help? Absolutely not. They have to know Jesus. So here it says they are zealous. How many of us have been there? You need not raise your hand. We all can relate. When we got saved, when we newly received Jesus as our Lord, we were so much zealous. We were like, wow, I love Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. We were so much in zealous. But that zealous was not on based on epignosis. We didn't have epignosis. We must have epignosis. We must have precise and correct knowledge. How many of us will feel like, oh God, I have wasted my time. I didn't know this. I want to tell you, God restores the lost years. Amen. Don't worry. He will restore the lost years. Now is the time. Now is your season. Acquire all the precise and correct knowledge of God. So this burden he had for all the churches he wrote the letter to. He wrote to Ephesians. He wrote to Philippians. wrote to Colossians. For everyone he has written, you can see Apostle Paul. Holy Spirit is praying through Paul. And what is the prayer? Paul is praying to his hearers, to the church in Ephesians, to the church in Philippians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. It says, may the eyes of your understanding be enlightened and may you receive the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of the son i'm quoting from nlt it's there here in kjv so what is the prayer that he's asking the prayer that he's praying can you see that the prayer that apostle paul is praying a famous prayer of ephesians 1 17 to 20 this is the prayer that he's praying for the ephesians church that they may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge what is that revelation knowledge it is epignosis precise and correct knowledge so two thousand years later we are listening to this and what is the prayer Holy Spirit has prayed for every one of us? That we may have correct knowledge of God. Same letter is written to Ephesians. Look at the context of the book of Ephesians, Philippians. Even to Philippians, it is uh, written the same prayer. When you see Philippians, he prays like this. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. So to Philippians, what is the prayer made? I pray that your love may abound in knowledge. More and more in. That word knowledge is epignosis to Philippian church. Now let's see in Colossians. So Apostle Paul is writing now in the book of Colossians. What is the prayer he is making to Colossians? Holy Spirit, basically, it's written by Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is praying. What is Holy Spirit praying? So we have not stopped praying. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge. Wow. So again, 
he is praying we ask god to give you complete knowledge that means there is something to do with this complete knowledge something to do with precise knowledge the number one prayer request to all the churches is precise knowledge complete knowledge if you would have noticed whenever i pray to marriages couples or birthday prayers or whenever you have come to me for prayer you might have noticed now you can recollect my first statement will be that you have revelation of the sun may you know the word more and more because when you have that everything else will follow here paul is not praying let them have bangla car let them have this let them have all the wealth when you have the word you have all things amen when you have the word it has the power to give you all things amen the bible says in the book of john beloved i pray i wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers that means when your soul prospers when your mind prospers when you have the epignosis when you have precise and correct information then for sure you will have health and prosperity amen it all begins with correct knowledge of god precise knowledge of god so it's very important that we hear the correct message that we hear precise knowledge very very essential why because that is what holy spirit wanted us to have now imagine if holy spirit is praying through any of the intercessors for the church what is the prayer holy spirit is praying holy spirit is predictable my god is predictable because he does not change he is the same yesterday today and forevermore if it is written in the word that is how he is and he will not alter his word his word says he prayed like this to ephesians colossians and philippians so for sure i know that is the way he is praying for forgiven generation so for forgiven generation holy spirit is praying through the intercessors when intercessor prays i pray that forgiven generation has complete precise knowledge of god amen that is the heart of god are you willing to cooperate this morning to receive that precise knowledge of god amen so what what is that going to do why is it essential for you to receive that knowledge colossians chapter 3 verse number 10 amazing scripture it says having put on new man having put on jesus having clothed in jesus having put on the new man be renewed in the knowledge after his image be renewed in the knowledge of the son amen such a beautiful scripture and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him you and i when we received jesus when we made jesus our lord what happened the spirit of the son came into our heart our spirit was dead when jesus came our spirit was reborn recreated our spirit and the spirit of jesus became one so now the bible says as christ is so are we in our spirit so in our spirit we are completely like jesus so when did we put on the new man the day you were born again 4 14 40 whenever you told jesus i make you my lord that very day you have put on jesus but you might have not seen its effect you have not you might have not seen its result in your finances in your health in the situation the problems that you are going through 
you might be wondering i received jesus i made jesus my lord but still i am going through some difficulties i am having poverty issues i am having health issues why there is no immediate transformation your spirit was immediately transformed your mind cannot be immediately transformed it has to be renewed you have to renew romans chapter 12 verse 2 you have to renew your mind the bible says now that you have put on new man which is renewed in the knowledge so when you keep renewing your mind in the knowledge the correct knowledge of god then what happens you are after the image of him no wonder it says in the book of second corinthians as we behold the beauty of jesus as we behold jesus as we behold him understand him have the correct knowledge of jesus what happens we are being transformed from glory to glory we are becoming more like jesus not just in our spirit in our thinking in our emotions in our mind in our body we are becoming stronger and healthier looking like jesus in our actions in our words in our kindness in everything that we say and do amen so we must renew the knowledge of god now what from where do i get this knowledge of god how do i renew the knowledge of god how do i acquire the knowledge of god there is no other book that can give you the knowledge of god other than the holy bible amen in the bible when i see it is a progressive revelation bible is a book of progressive revelation that i have found in the book of genesis it starts off like this in the beginning god created heavens and the earth it does not give me introduction about who is god where is he from how does he look like what is he like it just says in the beginning was god god is self existent god is the creator god created heavens and the earth i just know that much about god as i go on to read genesis 2 genesis 3 i understand that he is a creator the knowledge of god is increasing i get to know he is creator of all things when i see genesis chapter 3 when fall of man happened i see that god sacrificed the lamb and covered them i see god is love i see god loves his children his knowledge about him about him is increasing in my life and as i continue as i continue about god when i see in the book of genesis chapter 5 chapter 6 i get to know about noah i get to know that god never wanted to destroy earth he never wanted earth to be flooded he wanted to preserve earth he gives a covenant with noah he says that i will never destroy earth and he makes a promise with the rainbow so i get to see oh god loves his creation i get to see he made a beautiful promise to the sinful world then i move on to genesis 12 I get to see more about God. God calls one man Abraham to bless whole world. He makes Abraham his people. He wanted one person who will trust him. He wanted one person who will believe him, who will have faith in him. Now that Abraham trusted God, Abraham's offspring, his children become Jewish people. They are uh, people of Israel. 
Israel is another name of Jacob. I get to know more. I move on to Genesis 29, Genesis 32. I get to know the lineage of Abraham. I get to see Joseph. I get to see how God loves Abraham and his children. And in the book of Exodus, I see God fought for a nation called Israel. He sent 10 plagues. He was pillar by day and fire in the night. I get to see more about God. And then I get to see God is not just a loving God, but he's a perfect God. He's holy God. He's thrice holy. He's just, he's righteous. Then we got 613 commandments. Because God is perfect. We are unrighteous. Uh, God is righteous. So we got to see those commandments because we, we had to know that he is a just God. He will not compromise his word. He will not compromise his holiness. So we got to know more about God in the book of Exodus, in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Deuteronomy. The entire five first books, Torah, reveals that God is perfect, God is holy, God is good, God is kind, but man has sinned and the knowledge of law. In the book of Romans, it says law was given. You know why law was given? Law is the knowledge of sin. Law is epignosis, precise and correct knowledge of sin. Otherwise, man doesn't, he does not realize. He, 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 he never know. He is he, not in a position to know his mistakes. Man is not aware that he does wrong. So law was given to know that man has epignosis. Law is epignosis of sin. How beautiful it is. So we get to know more about God. So we move on from Torah. And we move on to Joshua. We move on to Ruth. When we see the book of Ruth, we understand God not only loves Jewish people, not only loves Abraham, God also loves the Moabiters. Amen. He is God of Gentiles. He loves Rahab. It does not matter what is the past of Ruth and Rahab. He is, it matters to him about your future because he is in that future. Amen. Glory to God. So we see another side of God that he loves even Gentiles. What a beautiful revelation. The increasing revelation of God. Are you with me so far? Then we move on. When we move on, we get to see major prophets. We get to see Nehemiah, Jeremiah, Daniel. We get to see all the major prophets and we get to see how God is always trying to rebuild Jerusalem. How God is always for his people. We get to see his love for his people. And as the Bible is progressing, we get to know more about God. And the limelight falls on the book of Isaiah. Amazing. On the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, one prophet who believed that prophecy that came through him. A virgin shall give birth to a savior. He shall be called wonderful counselor. Government shall be on his shoulder. He shall be the prince of God. Amen. So when we get to know more and the book of Isaiah talks about future crucifixion. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 talks about by his stripes you will be healed. So we get to see God is going to do. We get to see now God is going to send someone through a virgin birth. Can you see? We get to know more about God. 
we are we are getting epignosis about god correct knowledge of god and then we move on as we move on from isaiah we come to minor prophets we see amos obadiah nahum micah hosea we get to see through all the minor prophets how much god loves his people he is a love being we get to see about god's love and then we move on the progressive revelation and here comes the new testament wow jesus the word of god becomes flesh he is the exact representation of god it says in hebrews 13 the exact representation jesus now in four gospels we get to see more about god we get to see god in flesh we get to see how he talks how he looks how he walks he became human being we get to see god the four faces of god his kindness his forgiveness his gentleness he being stern or not compromising on the word word we get to see about god now itself we are getting to know more about god in new testament the progressive revelation and in the four gospels we get to see how jesus went and was crucified betrayed beaten broken we see what this god has done he where he, he came all the way became human and suffered a shameful horrific death for his people we get to know the introduction that was not given in genesis 11 now you are getting about that god yeah. don't stop there don't be there in gospels let's move on to epistles